Hey, what's up, everybody? My name is Bay, and you're listening to episode 191 of the Biomass Podcast. Um, before we start, I do believe uh, that Zell has a little bit of housekeeping that he wants to get out of the way. So, Zell, you want to go ahead and, and do that? Yeah, yeah. So, um, I'm uh, Soraya Zell, and uh, I just wanted to uh, say that if you are wondering why our podcasts have been uh, getting a little later, um, we're actually uh, recording this before the previous episode has been posted. Um, there was an old joke that we've uh, told for a long time about how we just uh, kind of erase Pokey from the podcast. Um, well, as it turns out, uh, he, he's very quiet uh, as how he's come through on several podcasts, and we have, in fact, been accidentally erasing him from the podcast. Um, so we're trying to fix it <laughs> so that uh, so that you hear his wonderful voice. Or in this case, for this week, his not-so-wonderful voice. It's terrible. <laughs> we'll get to that in a second. All right. Thank you, So, uh, you know who I am, and you know who Zell is, but Pokey, who are you? <laughs> so, I'm Pokey Draven. Um, I'm recovering from a bit of a cold here, so my voice is terrible, and that's why we're having uh, Bait run the show this week. And Jay is in the room, but we're not sure where he went, so we got started without him, but he might pop in about halfway through here. Alrighty then. So, uh, looking, you know, over my list here, it looks like uh, Ready Player One got a new uh, a new trailer. I guess was that a trailer? Or was that just new footage that we hadn't seen before? So it's it's a bit of a trailer, a bit of a um, interview with the writer of the book, uh, Ernest Klein and Steven Spielberg, and, and Ernest Klein is kind of talking about how. Uh, Spielberg's movies as he was growing up were a huge influence for Ready Player One because as you know the series is the book rather is um, pretty much full of nothing but references to Mm -hmm. other pop culture so you know if you're going to reference stuff in pop culture it's real hard to not hit on Spielberg a lot because a lot of the the greatest references out there are Spielberg films. So uh, he was kind of commenting on how Spielberg was a, was a massive influence for him. And Spielberg uh, was on there being interviewed as well, talking about how he's been working very closely with Ernest Klein on the film to make sure that, you know, it, it, it gets adapted properly for a movie format, but still stay true to the original source material. Okay. Um, now that looks like it says it's coming out on the 30th, right? Yeah, March 30th. I okay. think I'm 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 very excited for that one. It's it's going to be really cool. I mean just watching the trailers alone, it's it's fun just to pick out all of the the little hidden references and easter eggs. It's mm-hmm. going to be amazing to see the whole thing. It's it's probably one you'll want to see a couple times or at least, you know, pick it up on video so you can see it a couple times to to see everything cuz you'll you'll probably still miss it, but uh you know, it, it's it's going to be really badass. I'm very excited for it. I think it's very relevant. Uh, to what's going on currently. Uh, they kind of talk about that where Spielberg says like it's it's an amazing vision because it's it's a look forward and a look back because it's looking forward to a future that's probably very possible uh, happening in our world where you have a heavy reliance on VR to escape from an overpopulated world. And, and we're, it, we're reaching this question where will there be a use for, for people doing work? Uh, yeah, that's actually a very interesting economic question. It's... Mm-hmm. Yeah. it's outside the scope of the show but it's something that i've actually discussed in length with people it's it's a very interesting topic and i'm looking forward to, to kind of seeing uh klein's rendition of a world that's like that well and it, it's really interesting i think to uh to even be presented with that possibility you know i, I i'm sure when you guys were were my age even uh, and younger that it was like reading books and consuming uh like science fiction media that, you know, at the back of your mind, you had to be thinking, oh, okay, that's, there's no way that that's going to happen. But here we are, and we've got, you know, stuff like VR, um, which is, you know, absolutely uh, insane and and is moving forward uh, technology. Yeah, I mean, I remember, and this is probably a little bit before you, but like, you know, (laughs) doing uh, stuff on computers with a single color and a nine inch, I think it was nine inch, like actual floppy disk to load a video game, which was extremely rudimentary, basically text-based. Uh, and now we have computers that are a thousand times stronger that fit in your pocket. And, you know, we sometimes use them for, for calling people. But, you know, we, we all run around with, with personal computers on our bodies at all times pretty much now. And it's 
already breaching into that like to that virtual reality space where you've got games like VR chat where you've got full body tracking and it's a social event and you know that's all happened in the last you know five years where mm-hmm. that's really taken off. My my earliest remembering of uh, PCE games was uh, having like floppy disks. So not really floppy disks, like the the, uh, uh, like the uh, three and a half inch three and a half. Yeah. yeah. But but specifically having to load up disks one through eight. Yes. <laughs> to install a game. I remember like, that. Put in disk two. Okay. Put in disk three. Yeah, that that was good times. I'm trying to think if I ever had a, like a computer game that that had and, and I don't nothing comes to mind. That's crazy. <laughs> I mean, consider that a floppy disk was, like Zell said, the primary means of distributing data. Mm-hmm. You know, there was no internet then, so a floppy disk is one point four four megabytes. You can now buy a, a four terabyte drive for a little over a hundred bucks now, and that's going to be below a hundred in probably a year or so. I mean, they I just think um, capacity has dropped so much in terms of price. Just before the show, I was reading that uh, a company has a five hundred and twelve gig micro SD card now. It wouldn't surprise me. I mean, in the, in the solid state is is really the big jump now is just getting the solid state prices down. And it, I remember like three years ago, solid state was like way too expensive for your average consumer. Now it's like you can get a, a decent sized drive for, for very reasonable and like a standard, like original style hard drive is basically the cheapest part of your computer now. I think you can get a terabyte drive for like three bucks. It's ridiculous. But yeah, I think uh, Ready Player One is is a really interesting look at mm-hmm. where we could go um, while still kind of bouncing back to all of the the cool references, you know, from the 1980s and beyond. I mean, all the way up through current times, like Overwatches and some of those trailers. And it should be really interesting to see um, how that plays out and what they can manage to cram in there. I think Spielberg will do it justice. And I'm glad to hear that the uh, original writer is involved in the film. I think it'll be it'll be pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, so speaking of uh, you know, going on to more more video games and pop culture stuff, uh, Tomb Raider uh, got another trailer about four four days ago. I guess this looks like what did uh, what did anybody think? I, I'm still you know tentatively looking forward to this one. I, I like the look of it. Um, it feels to me from the trailers to look very honest to the the last two games, like the the new reboot. Tomb Raider. Um, I, I'm tentatively excited about it. I mean, I, I want to maintain there's no guarantee this is going to escape the the it's a video game movie curse that <laughs> yeah, continues is, to this day. Which is exactly what I was just about to say. Like, I'm excited. I'll watch it. Um, but you have to keep in mind it is a video game movie and we all know how those are doing and, and how those it, have done in the past. And plenty of them look really good from the trailer. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, you can make anything look good with the trailer. So uh yeah, we we shall see, but uh tentatively excited about There's got a lot of really interesting people that I'm I'm just noticing for the first time. Um the the main the, the girl who's playing um Laura Croft is the the android from um, I don't know if you guys saw uh, Ex, uh, Ex Machina, um, but yes, it was brought it's to my attention today. That's fantastic film. Uh, that that's that that's her. So I just just picked up on that. I th- I think the advantage that this film has is at least from what I can tell, it's not necessarily trying to follow a plot line that was in the game. It's more revolving around a character and the kind of adventure she would go on. I think all too often you have um, video games where they have like a plot or you know, even anime adaptations where there's a certain kind of story that, that's already been told in the original medium and then they try to retell it in a movie format. It doesn't quite work. But I think if they can replicate, you know, like, like Zell said, they're, they're trying to stay kind of true to the, the most recent reboot of uh, the Tomb Raider series. If they can stay true to that character, they can pretty much sender on any tomb related adventure and it will probably be fairly good because it's it's more about a character driven story rather than a plot driven story if that makes sense no that totally makes sense i I, and it makes me wonder if we had more if more video game inspired movies uh did that if we would have more quality video game inspired movies does that make sense yeah and it, it doesn't always work for you know 
every style of game because I think that you have to have kind of a particular kind of character or you know a set of characters rather than like you know if you had a we'll say like Final Fantasy for example um, that would not work very well because the characters while they're great in their you know in their story they're very specifically tailored for that story where I think is a character like Laura Croft is a little more uh, flexible in terms of how she's written and that allows you to do a lot of different things with it without uh, you know running into some of these trying to adapt an existing story as long as you can adapt the character uh, it works a lot better but I think it's not going to work for every single franchise but in this one in particular I think they have a, a good thing going for them definitely uh, when does this one come out do you know Ooh, let's take a look here I'm not sure if there's a listed date yet I think this is just the second trailer so they don't always get that out right away uh, March 16th. Here we go. Okay, that's not bad. No, no, no. I, I got to the March 16th right as you said it. <laughs> you you beat me by like a second. Oh, man. Sorry about that. Zell, would you like to tell us when the movie's coming out? No, I'm good. Okay. All right, cool. Oh, what's this? Suicide Squad directed this animation. What the hell? What is this? You don't even look at the list before you start with this, do you? <laughs> no. I- not really, no, because I expected Jade to be here. So, all right, so why? So, um, uh, DC puts out, I want to say, three or four uh, animated movies a year, um, and and they come out straight to streaming and discs. They don't, you know, non theatrical. Um, and I thought this was interesting because, uh, specifically because it was given uh, an R rating. The I, I don't know how much the trailer really shows it, but uh, the um, it does say it's rated R, which is interesting because they've done a couple of them that way recently. Um, they had a Batman one last year. I think it was last year that was that was also rated R. Hmm. Well, they they always in watching the trailer um, reminds me how well these DC uh, animated flicks are. It they look really well. Or really well. Yeah, they look good. But yeah, that's all. We'll throw it in the show notes for people to to check it out. Yeah, if you're... you're It's kind of one of those things. You just kind of got to take a look at yourself. Um, Yeah, it should be interesting. Yeah, not really to go off of uh, from there. Um, So rolling into kind of the the gaming uh, sphere, this Nintendo Labo, I've seen a little bit about it on, you know, just perusing Twitter and whatnot, but... Was it just Nintendo Legos, I guess? Well, okay. First of all, if you haven't seen what it is yet, pause the podcast, click on the link to go to it, and watch the trailer, and then come back. So, like, just pause it right now. Okay, you're back now. Now we can talk about... This is the most Nintendo thing ever that I've ever seen, ever. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, so... I I don't know how many people have had, like, the Wii-era accessories. Uh, But I... I had so I had a little brother um at you know who was in that kid stage you know when the Wii was the thing and they had accessories for the Wii for everything and they were mostly like they weren't like you'd have like a whole fishing pole thing that you'd connect the Wiimote to and it didn't do anything necessarily but it made you feel like you were holding a fishing pole or a tennis racket or or whatever they had all sorts of these accessories I probably have a couple boxes of, of Wii accessories, um, and they're cool in some regards, but they're, they feel like they're large, expensive, kind of a waste for what they are. Um, this is really cool. This is, you get all that benefit of like custom accessories for your game, for any given game, and presumably you can take them back apart and fold them flat and store them somewhere reasonable. I think this is really cool. It, it is. <sighs> Yeah, it, it, it definitely is cool looking. Um, just, yeah, that is sweet. I just worry about the uh, durability in the hands of, yeah. you know, people that aren't adults. Because I've, you know, Livy has a four-year-old. I've seen him do things to a room that you didn't think were possible in like a five-minute <laughs> time period. So, you know, this stuff we get absolutely Dude, this shit has like levers and stuff. Look at this. Yeah, so there's there's like two two versions right now. There's the variety kit, which is seventy dollars, and it's important to note that it comes with the game, like the software that that runs the whole thing. It's not like just the cardboard. So for seventy dollars, you get the software, 
there's and that remote. The software would be sixty bucks for for a game. So are Switch games normally sixty? I thought they were a little yes, bit less. Yes, they're sixty. Okay, okay, because I know some of the previous uh, Nintendo consoles were a little bit cheaper. So you get the software. It comes with a kit for a remote controlled car. Um, I imagine that the, the Joy-Cons like strap to the side of this thing and they vibrate, which makes it like turn and go straight and stuff. It looks crazy. Uh, a fishing rod, like I was saying, is it's actually like an extendable cardboard fishing pole. And so you've got like the Joy-Con in the rod and you like turn the crank and it, you know, it makes vibrates or whatever. And then you've got the screen like in this little thing set up on the ground. So you're looking at the screen and pulling the fish in with the rod. Uh, there's a house. I have no idea what the house is. Um, it was kind of unclear. There's a motorbike game, so it's like you've got the Joy-Con in these handles you can twist, like you would a motorcycle, and that's how you drive and steer, and then the screen's in the middle, that's what you're playing off of. And then there's a piano. I have no idea how that works, but it's like an actual playable piano where you can press the keys and play music on it. So that's that's the variety kit for $70. And then there's the robot kit, which is $80, and it just comes with one set, but it's the robot set. And I kid you not, it's this giant backpack that you put on, right? You build a backpack out of cardboard, and inside it's got all kinds of gears and pulleys and levers and stuff, and I guess, like, strings to go to your feet, so it knows, like, if you're walking. And it actually has a head strap that, from what I can tell, holds the switch screen in front of your face. So it's basically, like, you know, like a Vive full-body VR tracking, except it's cardboard. Um it literally held together with string. Like it's the weirdest, weirdest damn thing I've ever seen, but it looks crazy. And that one is uh, $80. So that's, that's the big kit, but uh, yeah. You know, one of the things is that these are cardboard. So yeah, there's a question about durability, but it's also probably really easy to replace them. Like if you already have the game, it's cardboard. Someone's going to make it so you can print a template online and fold your own. Ooh, yeah, and that's a good yeah. one. And and you could probably literally just make them out of Amazon boxes. Because if that's you're anything like me, you have an ungodly amount of Amazon boxes. That's what these look like. It's just, well, obviously not Amazon boxes, but... It's probably a, a higher, um, I'm not sure what, I'm thickness sure like of cardboard, some, yeah, but, you know. Cardboard. Well, the thing is, you can probably buy replacement parts from Nintendo. I don't think you have to buy the full kit. Um, you can buy, like, individual stuff. So let's say you're, you know, you or your kid steps on your fishing rod or whatever. You can probably buy just the fishing rod cardboard thing by itself for five, ten bucks, whatever. You know, it's it's you can probably replace it fairly easily if you don't want to make it yourself. So... I think once you have the whole kit, and if you're okay with maybe replacing it every once in a while, that's it's probably not a bad idea. But excuse me, but uh, yeah, no, it, it looks it looks really like I said, it's the most Nintendo thing I've ever seen, uh, and I was so confused. Like, is this like Little Big Planet, but like in real life? <laughs> you know, God, this is really the coolest. This is so damn cool. It's funny, the YouTube videos, you've got, like, two camps. People are like, that's awesome, and like, other people are like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. So, you know, we'll see how well it does, but it's 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 very cool, I think. Um, I'm not sure if, I, if I'm going to get it, because that's is a pretty high price point for something that I probably wouldn't play that much. But yeah. for some people, it could be pretty, pretty badass. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. All right, so that was that Nintendo. Um, nice. So. Uh, Poke, I know your voice is bad, but you want to tell me a little bit about uh, Fortnite? Uh, so yeah, Fortnite. Uh, it's kind of a it's kind of a weird game where it's free to play, sort of. So you can pay into the early access beta, which is the PVE co-op experience, up to four people building forts to defend against zombie hordes. It's it's actually pretty fun. But there's also the free to play portion that came out, which is the battle royale, and this is effectively PUBG with some building mechanics where you can build walls and stuff. But overall, it's kind of a similar sort of gameplay. You got 100 guys in the field uh, running around, scavenging different kinds of weapons. Then, you know, last man standing is the winner. So you kind of know what to expect there if you're familiar at all with PUBG. We've talked about it quite a few times on the show here. Well, it's doing absurdly well, like really, really, really well. Uh, the the Fortnite Battle Royale, because it's, it's like I said, it's a free-to-play PUBG clone i won't say clone but it's it's very similar in a lot of ways so it's doing very well and the <laughs> so paragon which is also made by uh, epic games because they're you know 
the Unreal Engine, and Paragon is kind of their uh, free-to-play uh, MOBA-style game. So think of it like a over-the-shoulder third-person, you know, kind of like Heroes of the Storm, right? But instead of top-down, sort of it's it's third-person. So you're, you know, trying to kill uh, what do they call them? So like uh, grunts or you know the little robot things that run around. Um. um. Yeah, sure. I'm gross. drawing a blank. So those things, right? And you you kill them, and you try to take down towers and work your way across the field to destroy the enemy's core. I mean, it's it's a minions. pretty standard minions. minions. The They're one. minions. Minions. There we go. Um, well, that's also a free to play game that's kind of had ups and downs. I didn't care for it, but a lot of people did. And Epic is like, yeah, we think we might have actually killed our own game because Fortnite is so popular that. As it's getting more and more popular, less people are playing Paragon. <laughs> well, and they've actually pulled a bunch of developers off of Paragon to support the development of Fortnite, which is continuing to do better, whereas Paragon was really never doing that great to begin with. Yeah. So it's one of those, like, is there is there a lot of value in them continuing to push for this product if they're if they've shown they know for a fact they can do so much better? Yeah, and I think that the the recent buzz with, you know, Battle Royale-style games is certainly driving that, and it, it may come to a point where that kind of dies down, and people want, you know, a MOBA game again, but I think that they kind of came late to the game in trying to develop a MOBA, and that, that fad kind of passed, and they're like, well, we'll just ride the next one and, and cash out on this, this Battle Royale instead, and then we'll see where the market goes, so they might return to it, but I could see them continuing to kind of siphon resources towards the more successful game, which is unfortunate for people who like uh, Paragon. I know several people that actually play it religiously, but, you know, like Zell said, it was never really that popular. It kind of came in late. It was a little confusing, I felt. It's kind of, some things were kind of clunky. Gorgeous game. Like, it's it's freaking amazing. It, 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 they really know how to, to work their own engine, but uh, it just it never really did that well. Now, is is Epic, are they still deving on the the paid portion of uh fortnite or are they like solely laser focused on no, battle they, royale yeah no they, they do updates on, okay. on the main stuff i i would say that right now they seem to be kind of more heavily focusing on the battle royale sure but a lot of it's just like hey we're trying out different game modes we're tr- adding costumes you know stuff like that it's a lot of cosmetic stuff ah, because okay. it is it is free but it, you you'll get stuff like hey it's you know it's actually a team battle and it's 50 versus 50 in this giant open field and you know they kind of tested it out they're like it's completely broken and not balanced but here you go you know we're kind of experimenting that's kind mm-hmm. of where they're at right now but fortnite itself you know it's it still gets its seasonal events and those are actually impressively uh, robust so it's not like they've abandoned the PVE, but I, I would say that they're probably a little more focused on the PVP right now because that's probably, you know, making the most well, money. Sure, yeah, that's, that's making them the money. Hmm, interesting, okay. So do you think that, that once this kind of, um, uh, what's the word? This Battle Royale fad, I guess, the, the hype around the, the genre, uh, once it starts to die down a little bit, do you think that we'll see Epic send their devs back to Paragon? Or what do you think is going to happen there? I mean, it depends. Uh, if if Paragon is continuing to kind of limp along, they probably aren't going to invest much into it because, you know, it, it's difficult to... If you're, if you're already on a downward trend and it's not improving with continuous updates, it's a hard business decision to actually sink even more resources into it unless you're damn sure you can actually pull it out. And it just... It may may or may not, you know, who knows, but it's my prediction, probably not. I, I just think that the MOBA thing is is slowing down and I don't see it picking up anytime soon. As a whole or just in this specific case? I think as a whole. Okay. You've you've got some heavy hitters like Blizzard with Heroes of the Storm and stuff mm-hmm. like that, but you know, they'll they'll just continue to support that because they've got their universe that they're supporting and all their cross promotional stuff. But uh I think the whole huge rush for everything must be a MOBA, you know, when when you had like uh Battleborn and, you know, Heroes of the Storm and all that stuff coming out, it I think that's kinda done for now. You know, it's it's gonna be Battle Royale and VR for a while. Interesting. Okay. So what about you? What do you think? Yeah, I agree. I think it's one of those things where these are really like, like the MOBA, the Battle Royale, it, it's not necessarily reinventing the wheel of something that's never been done, but it, it's 
a certain set of game rules that that hits this stride where everyone's interested in this this genre and then once there's like six titles of it that will always be there and people will still go back and play it you know league of legends isn't hurting for for you know business anytime soon but i think that there's probably a point where a given genre has you know a handful of established players and a market around them and it's going to be hard at that point for new companies to step in whereas battle royale has like well now two big players and so there's still room for a couple more to edge in there before it gets completely saturated as a market okay yeah i think that's fair blizzard oh look blizzard so it looks like they they do this trailer this is this is the, short the um, trailer is so hype it, oh it, dude that's like old school old school transformers man yeah yeah so I, I just love the cinematic scheme at Blizzard. They do so they do really good work. Um, you know, and, and that comes from anything like the super like photorealistic almost work that they do for uh work World of Warcraft and, and Overwatch cinematics to when they, they like to break out various like stylized things that they'll do. Um for the Halloween event for Heroes of the Storm, they did more of like a, a kind of a I would say like a nineties cartoon. And then here, this is, this is, they're going for the anime style with this one. They're just having fun with it. Dude, this is cool. It actually reminds me a lot of the uh, opening cinematic for uh, Battleborn, which is kind of a similar style and, and sort of feel to it, which is probably one of the best parts of Battleborn because it kind of went downhill after the intro. But uh, yeah, this is, this is a really, really cool trailer. I, even if you don't play uh Heroes of the Storm. It's it's fun to watch. It's a couple minutes long. It's it's worth your time. And they did this. This isn't for like an expansion or anything. This is literally like they made a bunch of like mech skin versions of character skins. This is like for a pack oh. of like four skins. They made this trailer. Huh. So can you? Are they going to sell these skins? They're yeah, they're yes, already they available. Yeah. Look at that. That is so cool. Man, those guys are really talented out there, Blizzard. That's amazing. Do you still buy skins directly for Heroes of the Storm? They haven't adopted the loot box bullshit. Like, you they can buy them. They have adopted the loot box stuff. Uh. But, but so, um, they, I mean, they they have a decent model with it. When they introduce new things, they tend to be, they can be bought for straight cash. Um, well, they've done the whole disambiguation where you buy gems and then you spend the gems on the skins. But, yes, you can just buy things outright when they first introduce them or when they're like a featured item um like so for example for this they released like all these mecha skins and there's a pack you can buy all the mecha skins just outright at this point and that that'll be, go away in a couple weeks probably but then they also have loot boxes which i would say here's the storm probably has the best loot box experience i've had though as someone who does not ever buy loot boxes um you get the loot boxes quite regularly. Um, they give you better tiers of them for certain accomplishments. So, like, every time you level any character in Heroes of the Storm, of which there are many, and they add new ones every six weeks, and the new ones, and newer character, newer characters, the low levels boxes come faster, too. So there's a good rate of them. Um, if you hit, like, every ten levels with a hero, you get that character, like, a loot box tailored to that character where one item is guaranteed to pertain to that character. Um, when you hit a multiple of, I think it's, and, you're, and your character, your account's level is the sum total of all your hero levels. And at certain levels of that, I think it's every five, you get a rare loot box, which guarantees a rare item. And every 25, you get one that guarantees an epic item. Um, so you, you get decent loot boxes. And then the other mechanic that they have is they actually have a re-rolling mechanic. So that um, using the currency you get from doing quests uh, and leveling and playing games, um, you can actually throw, you can actually basically re-roll a loot box up to three times. And usually you'll get something decent out of it. Well, that's actually interesting. I've never seen that before. But you can re-roll the entire box? Yes, you do have to get oh. the entire box. But So if there's something you want, you end up wanting to keep the box. But it's actually a... Um, and the cost to re-roll on any given box increases. So it's like 250 gold, and that's 500, and then 750. Um, 
but it's it's still a nice mechanic where I can I feel like I get something out of each box that I actually want, uh, even if I have to re-roll it once. There's some degree of choice, and that that re-roll is with the in-game currency, not the premium currency. Correct. It is with okay. in-game currency only. Um, Interesting. Loot box, and it's and I get a regular rate of the loot boxes for free. Um, I'm actually I I do really like that model. I think it works very well. I still do not buy loot boxes in the game, but I don't mind the system that's there. I actually really wish Overwatch would learn from their other, you know, the other Blizzard title and implement loot box rerolling because Overwatch loot boxes I've found very disappointing. A lot of people do. I, I hear a lot of citations that are like, oh, Overwatch is so great. People are like, it's really not. It's, you know, it's not pay to win, but it's not very satisfying either. So that's a pretty common feedback I hear. You just get a lot of duplicates and a lot of junk. Also, it's like Destiny. Cool. Yeah. Well, I mean, the big thing is like, sprays and voice lines are kind of disappointing loot most of the time and that's like the common loot it's so is what that is right. it's just there to dilute you from the good stuff right and so there's a lot of times and if you've played enough that you've gotten like half of all the items in the game well most of your you know most of your stuff ends up being duplicates at that point and it just gets sad oh that sounds pretty good yeah most definitely um so final fantasy uh, was this 14 is getting a, a new update to Stormblood? Pokemon? Yeah, real quick. So it's it's just uh, the 4.2 update. It's going to be pretty big. I won't go over all the details because it's if you've seen Final Fantasy 14's patch notes, they're like 20 pages long. Uh, patch notes aren't art yet, but there's just going to be a ton of content. So that's coming out January 30th. Uh, just that's next Tuesday. Uh, just, you know, if you're playing or if you uh, are from playing, it looks pretty good from what they've kind of teased. So I'm looking forward to it. So just, uh, yeah. January thirtieth. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Now that's the that's the subscription MMO, right? That's, that's like the, the online the one. other big one. I, uh, other big one, I guess, it's out there as far as sub MMOs yeah. go. It, it's one of the few MMOs out there that still has a subscription base, um, and it's doing really well because the quality of the content, in my opinion, is well worth a subscription. So you know, it's it's not unique, but it's rare in the sense that you're still paying monthly for it, but. You know, don't let that deter you. It's it's a very good, very good MMO, even if you're new to the Final Fantasy series. I was about to say, I don't think I've ever heard any uh, anybody say a bad thing about about Final Fantasy XIV. And, and I, I know a couple of people that um, that that played and that uh, own it. Um, I think Ripley Riley is. I think besides yep. uh, besides you, the next you know person that plays it the most uh, that that I'm aware of, at least. Um, I haven't had, yeah, haven't heard him speak a bad word about that game. So speaks to the quality that Square's putting out over there, mm-hmm. which is good. Yep, absolutely. So kind of kind of rolling back to our to our loot box discussions. Um, Monster Hunter World isn't going to have isn't going to have loot boxes. I don't guess. Um, yeah, that that was actually a really good interview that they had with the the head developer. He's basically saying he's like, well, we have a, a loot driven economy that's all in game and we feel that basically why would you want to monetize that it would just ruin everything like monster hunter is an extremely successful series and it's never had loot boxes or anything like that and they're like we don't want to screw it up so we're just gonna not do it because the game is great as is and we don't want to mess with it and they also kind of feel that uh, even though it's a co-op game there's no competitive there's no chance for pay to win but they're like they're like, we don't want to make people feel like one person in your group earned it and the other one didn't. That might cause like social friction. So you can tell it's a very Japanese company. Um, so that's why they don't want to do it either. They're like, we want everyone to be on equal footing and have to put the same amount of effort in to, to earn it. And they don't want it to feel like, you know, our, like our game is fun. If you paid to skip part of the game, that would make it less fun. So why would we want to do that? It's someone fucking gets it. <laughs> You know, like, <laughs> if your game is good, you don't want to put things in it that allow them to skip part of the game. Like, if I can pay $20 extra to skip the first half of the game, then just charge $20 more and just take that first half out. Like, it's it's really kind of stupid if you think about it, where you're you're paying more to not play the game. It, it's silly. And they're just kind of like, yeah, that, that doesn't make sense for us, so they're not doing any kind of microtransactions or loot boxes. Uh, I think... 
I think historically, if they do DLC, like more monster hunts, those are always historically free. And they said that if they do any like cosmetic stuff, it will be direct buy only. Um, it's none of this like random shit. It's like, if, hey, if you want that coat, you buy the coat. You know, it's it's not this gambling thing. So, you know, again, props to Monster Hunter for just kind of getting it right. I'm, I'm very hyped for that game. Uh, I pre-ordered it last night, actually. So uh, that comes out January 26th. Um, keep in mind, that's a Friday, so it's not your usual Tuesday release that's coming out on a Friday. Uh, so, you know, pre-order it if you're planning on it. There is some pre-order bonuses, but that's not why I pre-ordered it. It's just, I'm very excited for it. So that should be good. Now, those games aren't, I've never honestly played a Monster Hunter game. So are those games historically co-op only games or is there going to be a single player game? Because as you're talking about it and you say co-op, it doesn't really, it doesn't seem like there's, there's a need. For loot boxes if it's just a co-op game well i mean <laughs> whenever you have like a loot based game you could say like hey buy this loot box and get a random roll that's guaranteed to be you know or a 10 percent chance to have an epic weapon drop out of it you know it it, it could work but they're like that's not the kind of game we we want to have um it just they feel that they would kind of ruin the spirit of what they're trying to do and they've done very well without it so far and they're like why ruin a good game with something like this? Huh. Well, all right, then. Oh, and to answer your question, it, it's, it can be played single player. So okay. um, it's, up, it's up to four people in the game kind of scales everything based off of how many people are playing. Uh, so you can do you know, one, two, three, or four. However, if you have two or less players in your team, you get to bring um, uh, things called palicos, and they're basically battle kittens. Um, you can customize this little, like, anthropomorphic cat with like armor and like weapons and stuff and they're oh, fucking awesome so awesome. they'll like throw nets on the monster and, and hold them down and they don't they're like damage dealers but they'll support you in a way that you know another player would kind of um and they're awesome so uh, you can you can play it single player but i think a lot of the fun comes from from doing it with friends well, yeah it comes from doing it with friends absolutely all right that sounds awesome you said that's uh this friday or the 26th. God knows yeah, when this podcast this is going to get out. <laughs> yeah, this, this right. Friday. 26th of January is the release for Monster Hunter World, uh, now with 100% uh, more or less microtransactions. Um, so, this uh, er, uh, closed alpha game, uh, Hunt Showdown. Um, they're starting their alpha on the, was this the 31st, it looks like. Yeah, closed I, alpha. I kind of navigated to the to the website for it just because you know if I can get into a closed alpha, why not? Um, it it looks really interesting just from the from their main page, and if you go to the games page on the on the website, it's like what Red Dead meets survival zombie. So we actually talked about this um, many months ago. It's something I kind of had noticed and, and had an eye on, and then I was flipping through the internets earlier today and noticed this, this alpha announcement. So this is the one where you're kind of dropped in this sort of Louisiana, you know, swampland at night, of course. And the goal is you and your team of people, like I think it's like three or four people, um, have to hunt down like this paranormal monster that's you know terrorizing the town. So you have to locate it, hunt it down, kill it, um, collect its loot, and then extract with it the difference is is that there's other teams of people that are also trying to hunt this thing and trying to get there first so it's kind of a pve pvp sort of hybrid where you know you want to get the thing but make sure you don't die in the process because some guy could just kill you and you know hey you got the loot but you know they they could you know stab you in the back and and uh, take it from you so it's kind of got like a I'd say it's kind of like the dark zone from division mixed with uh, evolve where it's like, you're hunting a, it's like an asymmetrical, like there's no one, it's an NPC monster. There's no one controlling the monster, but you've got like four guys hunting a, a monster that's would easily kill one person. But you know, as a team, you stand a chance. Um, but then the added threat of other players that are also after the same target. So it looks, it looks really badass. Um, there's a lot of emphasis on sound and sight. Like, you know, if you like, cock your gun people around you will hear it so you have to be very stealthy and, and careful what you're doing if you're just running around you're going to get killed really quickly so uh, it looks like a very interesting style of game 
as I always say with asymmetrical play, when it works, it really fucking works, but it can go bad real easily. And, you know, I've seen other games that are of a similar setup fail very quickly. So who knows if it's going to be any good, but the alpha, you know, I signed up for it too. Who knows if I'll get in, but it looks interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, definitely. This is made by the Crisis people, isn't it? Ooh, I'm not sure about that. Uh, let me see here. I thought that's what it said, because then I assume because I, yeah, I think that's what it was, because as soon as I, I saw it as soon as I registered for the, for the alpha, and then I saw that, and I'm like, oh, god damn it, I won't be able to run it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Crytek, here we go. Crytek, okay, cool. Yeah, look at that. Huh. Yeah, I get really Oh, you're right. Yeah, it is. The, I, 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 you start to kind of see the engine, and you're like, I, I know what that is. <laughs> yeah, I know this. Um, yeah, that's really pretty looking. Um, okay. Awesome. So I think that's I think the alpha's PC only. Um I need a prompt for any of the other platforms. So. Yeah. Um I wanna say though it's coming to other platforms though. Let's see if I can find out real quick. No, it is not alright. Moving on from there. Um Destiny 2. Look, another thing I don't know a lot about. Destiny 2. <laughs> so I, again, you know, going through Twitter and Reddit, I kind of saw that people were upset, which I thought was the previous thing that people were upset. Yeah, it's so not. <laughs> what's well, apparently not. So what's what's going on? Why is why can't Destiny Two get a break? <laughs> well, <laughs> so we talked about this last week, and I was kind of hoping Jay could be here to bounce some ideas off yeah. of because you know he's he's a little in the know, so I'll do my best to explain it here. Well, we, so we last week we we talked about. I'm sorry, what? I said we could save it if you want. No, I, I think it's relevant to talk okay. about now. And um, so last week we talked about that that Bungie came out and they left a message for the the players saying like, "Hey, you know, here's our plan of what we're gonna do. We're gonna, you know, try to make the end game better. We're gonna make things more interesting." Um, and one big thing is, you know, we, we want to improve the events and we want to shift content away from the Eververse, which is the kind of premium currency store. And uh, pretty much almost all of the current endgame content kind of is tied to the Eververse store. A lot of the events, like for the Dawning, um, you know, I, I talked about it in length about how the, the loot system worked for the, the Dawning event and how you were kind of hard limited in how much stuff you could get just from playing the game for the event. And if you didn't get what you wanted and you wanted more, you had to, you know, fork out some cash for, you know, these premium, you know, loot crates basically that would potentially give you what you wanted. And it was, it was kind of BS. And so they came out and they said, Hey, you know, we understand that you don't like this. You want to be fair for everyone. Um, We want to make it feel more rewarding and cool. So like, all right, bunch, let's see what you got. So this week, the faction rally event started and the faction rally is kind of like a you pick one of the three factions and you pledge allegiance to them and you go out into the world and you do uh, certain activities to get faction tokens and you turn the tokens in and you get uh, loot crates from the faction vendor and these loot crates contain various pieces of faction armor weapons shaders that sort of thing and there's a limit to how many you can get. I think it's 30 uh, every season. So, you know, you again, <laughs> no matter how much you grind, you may not get what you want because it is uh, it's locked behind this arbitrary 30 engram or 30 loot box uh, limit. Okay, fine. So one of the, the main ways that people would get these tokens is they do these things called Lost Sectors. And they're just kind of like little mini dungeons where you run in, kill some enemies, grab the chest, get some tokens, you know, go to the next one, rinse and repeat. Fine. So Bungie just randomly decided that, hey, we're going to put this really strict limit on how many tokens you can get from doing this. So it's like if you get more than two in a 10 minute period, you have to wait. 10 minutes before you can start getting them again. So players started doing, you know, their usual thing and suddenly stopped getting stuff altogether because they had hit this kind of time limit. So they were limiting how many tokens you could get on top of how many, you know, uh, items you could, you know, potentially get from turning them in. So again, just kind of making it more grindy for the sake of making it grindy and just forcing you to wait. Um, So people were kind of pissed about that. And then they realized that these loot crates uh, were not dropping anything new. So Bungie had kind of released like the set of weapons um, that were unique to each faction for each uh, 
each season, right? So people did the first one, they got all the weapons, cool. Second season comes around, and Bungie was kind of showing off a bunch of uh, of new weapons. People are like, okay, so that's the next faction rally set of weapons. Not exactly though. Uh, it's only one of them is added to the loot pool. So if you got all of the old ones, there's almost nothing worth getting this time around. So in terms of the loot itself, it's like, what's the point? I already have all of it. So that was another point of contention. So people are like, well, what the fuck, you know? And, and to be fair, there was some stuff you could get that was achievement based, some you know ornaments, which are basically modifiers to change the look of certain faction armor, and that that was that was all new. So like, I gotta give credit where it's due. Uh, but in terms of like weapons, which is what people are usually most interested in, uh, there just was really nothing of note. And Bungie's like, oh yeah, I guess we should have communicated that better. Sorry guys, yeah, that's if if you want to get the rest of the stuff, it's gonna be like the rest of the year to get all of it. Like they only made like five weapons and they're gonna spread that out over the course of the year. So people are kind of pissed about that. So they've limited the number of tokens you can get. They've limited the amount of stuff you can get with the tokens um, with a smaller loot pool and, you know, like, what the fuck, right? And then people go to the Eververse store, and this is, again, the premium store, and there's this exotic ghost shell that you can potentially get from a loot crate, and the effect of the ghost shell is you can get more faction tokens if you buy this thing. (laughs) So they put a limit on how many you can get and then offer to sell you with premium currency uh, the means to kind of get around that limitation so basically the destiny reddit you know someone just calmly walked in and dumped like a gallon of lighter fluid on the reddit and just threw a match and it just fucking went to shit um the level of salt was kind of absurd like they Bungie comes out and says hey we understand that you don't like these things and then literally a week later this event starts and it's like all of the things people just said they didn't want and it's like what the fuck guys (laughs) you know um, a, a pretty prevalent YouTuber that does a lot of Destiny 2 videos. Like, I, I log in to YouTube and uh, notification pops up from him. And normally he speaks very highly of the game. He's a very energetic guy. And it just says, Destiny 2, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> like, he's like, I don't even know what to say at this point anymore. Like, uh, how they fumbled this so badly. And the studio is pretty much saying, Literally nothing. I think um, Christopher Barrett, I think that's his name. Uh, forgive me if I'm wrong. He's like, the only guy who's like, on Twitter, like actually talking to people, and the rest of the studio is like dead silent. Like, they don't even, they're not even commenting on how fucked up this is. So I'm not sure if their intended changes uh, didn't come to the forefront of their mind in time to tweak the event, but in terms of timing, it looks so bad for Destiny 2 right now, where they, 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 and I'm I'm not trying to be you know the 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 witch hunt guy, but it looks like they're they were basically liars where they said, hey, we hear you, we're we're gonna put shut this stuff down. It's not gonna happen again. And then a week later, it happens again. And you know, it's it's just it's unfortunate because I think a lot of people want to like this game. Mm-hmm. Um, and even I myself, you know, I, I enjoyed it for a while, but. I look at it and I'm like, what is there to do? You know, yeah, I could grind out some other stuff, but it, it doesn't, it's not compelling enough for me to, to do it. And unfortunately, a lot of people feel the same way where they're just, the player base is hemorrhaging and people are just kind of done. I mean, you've got a lot of people on YouTube where their entire channel was based around Destiny content and they're just like, I'm done for now until they get their shit together. And, you know, it's, it's like watching Destiny 1 all over again, where it's, you know, it comes out, everyone's like, what the fuck? And it takes them like a year, two years to get their shit together. And by the end, they put out a pretty decent product. And then they forgot it all. Like Jay said last, last, uh, last week, it's like they're trying to refigure out what they did the first time and do it again because they made a lot of the same mistakes. It's, it's just unfortunate to see it happen because it's like, I, I want to like this game, but it's... Uh, it's it's making it difficult for me to to stay engaged. So, you know, for the time being, I've kind of set it down. I'm I'm looking forward to Monster Hunter for a lot of the reasons I've listed. But you know, Destiny Two, it's just like this event comes out and I I didn't get to it right away, and I heard of all the stuff, and I'm like, forget it. I'm not even interested. And I think a lot of people are kind of feeling the same. So they've they've really got to turn this shit around because 
you know, when reports are coming out that they've already got people working on Destiny 3, it's like, are you serious? What? <laughs> yep. They're like, yeah, they're already kind of working on Destiny 3. And I'm like, so your first game is... And, and to be fair, they've got like their development team and their live team. And so they're, they're different entities. And the live team is what's currently working on Destiny 2. But when you hear the company like with the game in such a poor state and they're not, you know, who knows? Maybe they are, maybe they're not reallocating resources back to the live team to be like, you need to like fix this shit, like <laughs> unfuck the situation before you already look into the next game. Because by the time that third game comes out, you're not going to have a player base left to mm-hmm. care, you know? Which, so yeah, that's the state is, of destiny too. It's just, it's, it's foobar right now. And it's unfortunate. Oh yeah. Most definitely. You know, it sounds like it, it's such a shame too, because you know, a lot of people, I, I really do think that a lot of people like the game. And it seems like that the the gameplay is there, right? Your your moment to moment is there. I, I think that that's something that that um, that Bungie does really well. Um, it's what made you know on top of good story writing. It's one of the things that made Halo great when when they made Halo. Um, but it really is sad to see this happening to to this game because I mean obviously. Right. This is this is um, if it doesn't do well, you're not going to drag in players. Or if people hear that stuff like this is going on, you're not going to drag in. You're not going to pull in more players, which is going to you know, lower your uh, the amount of money coming in. Um, which is either going to tell them that okay, something's wrong, or um, yeah, which you know should tell them that, that something is wrong. And if you're not listening, then nobody's going to want to buy your third game. <laughs> and also kind of making your third game while all this shit's going down, like you said, looks a little bad. So it, it, it's a shit show all of that, it sounds like. Which is, again, unfortunate. Alright, so that was that was, uh, that was Destiny 2. Um, Zell, I know you picked up a PlayStation. Uh, what free PlayStation games have we I, got going I, on? I did pick up a PlayStation 4. Have you booted um, it up? I, I have I have used it, and nobody on this podcast has friended me, and I know that, and I remember that. I just <laughs> I want I want that understood that I'm aware that I've had this thing since like shortly after Black Friday, and nobody from this podcast has even added me to their friends list yet. So, so. I, I'm did, just, did did you send us friends requests? Because I get. So many of them from bots that I usually go them now. You did, oh my no, god! No, you, you didn't. You didn't tell me yours. But anyways, okay. So the the freebies for for uh, PS4 this month, and uh, when I say this month, I mean it's like January twenty second already when we're recording this. So uh, hurry the the heck up and download them. Um, uh, Deus Ex: Mankind Divided is kind of the big one. Um, I, I was kind of interested in this franchise, and so I. I I'm actually kind of excited to try this one out. Um, so I did add it to my library. We'll see when I get around to trying it. Um, the uh, Batman Telltale series is on here, um, which I've heard is good. I haven't tried it. Um, they've got, uh, in the PSVR category, because that's now a thing, uh, they're letting you uh, get uh, Starblood Arena for free this month. Um, and then Uncanny Valley... What is that? That's like oh, you're supposed to know. Um, Uncanny Valley is actually a PS Vita game, but it's available on the PS4 as well. Um, and that is also the case with uh, the other two titles, uh, which are a little regionally locked. Uh, there's a title called That's You, which is only available in like Europe and Australia. And then there's one called Psychopaths Mandatory Happiness, uh, which is a great name for a game. Without knowing anything else about this game. Psychopath Mandatory Happiness is a great name. Um, if you're that, familiar with the anime, it makes a lot more sense. <laughs> um, but that one is US only. So uh, each each region has a second PS Vita game that you can play on a PS4. Um, and I, I believe I was reading something about how you may have to, if you have a PS Vita, which I believe Pokey does, and literally nobody else on the planet even has one. It's just um, me. But uh, if you do have one, I believe you may have to pick these games up separately on the PS Vita than the PS4 because they are not, uh, they're separate titles, technically, even though they're both free and they're both on PlayStation. Hmm. All right. Well, there we go. That is your 
uh, your free PlayStation game for um, the remainder of this month. Can I uh, can I go completely out of order and add something to the the beginning of the show when we do news about movies? Absolutely, sure. Go ahead. Do it. Okay. Um, cause this is new. This actually did come out before, um, we started the show, but now it's like trending on Twitter. Um, John Cena is in talks to star in a Duke Nukem movie. Yes. No. Yes. Okay. No, it's yes. going to be so bad. Yeah. Cause Duke Nukem forever was just a real, real hit. Did so well. I, I can't fathom this being <laughs> a, like, this is, this feels like this is the category of bad like the specific category of movies that make really bad, like, like category of video games that make really bad movies. No, like, like, this is like Doom. This like, could be like, like, like Doom. I was like I was thinking about Tomb Raider. How Tomb Raider had a chance to be really good because of the way it's structured. This is the opposite of that. Complete opposite. <laughs> um, There's no way this is going to be good. <sighs> There's no possible way it's going to be good. I I, okay. I agree. There is you're, there is no way. You're but, saying that like those Duke Nukem games are good. And here's the other thing, and I feel this should be stated. So think about Duke Nukem and what that franchise is known for, and then think about where we are culturally right now as a society and what is in the news. Um, this okay, like, well maybe this it can movie be good comedy. <laughs> I, I I don't know. I think from the trailer, this movie is going to get boycotts. Um, I, I I don't know. I I don't think you can do this like completely solidly brotastic movie and and succeed right now i i i don't think it's a good idea i don't think they should try it's gonna be like deadpool without deadpool in it which means it's gonna be bad <laughs> it's gonna try real hard to be like it's gonna try really hard to, t- to tap into the audience that likes deadpool and it's just gonna completely miss the mark i agree i just i figured i'd bring it up we were, a, we were a few it. minutes short on time, and I'm like, here. Still gonna go see it. I, I, I'm gonna, you know, there, I'll wait for a trailer. We'll talk about it again when they have a trailer. You know, this is, they're still in talks for him to star in it, so it's, this is probably like a 2020 type title we're talking about here, but I don't know. I just don't know. Mm-mm-mm. I'm gonna see it. Could I'll be bad, you. man. It's gonna be bad. <laughs> it's gonna be, That's gonna be so real bad. bad movies. Oh man! Well, I guess does anybody else have anything that they want to add? I think we're good, man. All right. Ooh, Super Troopers Two got a trailer today. Um, I just head back over to uh, the Biomass Discord or the Dust Five One Four Discord. Saw that. Um, so looks worse than the first one. The first one was great. Um, at four twenty is the is the release date. So that'll be in theaters near you on that day um so if nobody else has anything that's all i've got let's roll into shout outs and we'll start with zell what have you got for us um i have two um so i was on a bit of a road trip uh this weekend and um my first one is to uh i-75 in kentucky a highway that has like literally no rest stops. There's actually a ju- I, I actually felt inclined to look up the map of rest stops in Kentucky and I-75 just doesn't have any. It's it's a big giant empty gap on the map. It's it's very strange. Um and uh, my second shout out is to uh White Castle, which people have been telling me is terrible for years. And mm-hmm. therefore, I didn't have what? until until this weekend was my first time ever being ever setting foot in a white castle, and very likely my last time ever stepping foot in a white castle. White castle is amazing. Fuck you, fight me. It's amazing. See, you're wrong. Because Zell, Zell like Zell hates everything that's good. Therefore, you know that white castle is amazing. See, have you ever been to a crystal pokey? I haven't. Okay, there's your problem. Crystal and White Castle are the same, or basically the same damn thing. That Crystal has better food, so. But you go to White Castle at three a.m. when you don't care. That's why it's good. You can also go to Crystal at three a.m. when you don't care and Waffle House. Uh, Waffle House well, we have Waffle Houses here. Those are pretty good too. Yeah. And like in a, you know, you're you're going to spend the next day in the toilet, but at least in the moment, <laughs> it's good. It's so good. I love Waffle House. <laughs> All right, Pokey, do you have any shouts for us? Uh, shout out to Baden Zell for. 
covering for me today. As I'm sure you're aware, my voice is shit right now, and I'm going to not talk for the next day. Um, but I appreciate you guys filling in and, and kind of handling it because uh, it hurts to speak. So I'm going to stop talking now. All right. Thank you so much, man, for, for troopering through that for, for Destiny. <laughs> that was long. Uh, Jay, do you have any shout outs? She's not here. Oh, all right. I, I, I got you. I know. Um, episode title. There you go. And Jay's not here. Episode 191. All right, guys. My name is Bate, and I do not have any shout outs. Um, so I think with that, we are going to end the show. Thank you all for listening. Um, if you like what we do, check us out on the website instead of just looking at us on your podcast feed. Comment. Um, and you can always catch us. You can catch us on Twitter. Uh, all three of us are on Twitter. Um, you can catch us. You can catch uh, Pokey and I in the uh, Dust Five One Four Vets Discord. Uh, we're usually hanging around uh, somewhere in there. Um, don't ask us though if Nova. If there's news on Nova. You can check the fucking website for that. All right. Thank you all for listening.